Hi listeners, I'm Z. And I'm Ash. And welcome back to Mistakes in the Making. We're so excited to be joined today by Nena Florence Patel. Hi! <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Three Patels on a podcast. That has to be a first. Oh, yay! <laughs> Aww. Anyways, for those of you that don't know who Nena is, she's an up-and-coming YouTuber. Well, I say up-and-coming, but she already has over 150,000 <laughs> subscribers on her channel. <laughs> She posts content including wholesome vlogs on her uni life, vegan recipes, and the importance of sustainability. She's funny, relatable, and a positive influence. She's not afraid to open up about things on her mind, but always shares her thoughts so elegantly. I can go on and on, but here's what I'm going to say. Thank you so much for being a part of our humble podcast and joining us today. Yeah, thank you for being part of our small little family. Um, I can't (laughs) wait to chat. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So on your vlogs, you've been documenting going back to uni now during this pandemic, but things seem to be pretty chill. Did you have any fun weekend plans? Um, Yeah, it was good. I'm back at university now, so I've been like quite busy with that. Lots of work. Um, But I had a nice weekend. I went on a few walks. Walks are like my new favorite thing. Um, Just did some work, edited a little bit. Um, Yeah. I miss walking in the UK. It's so pretty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just so nice. I weirdly enough Mm -hmm. even miss the weather. The weather? It's literally (laughs) raining right now. (laughs) I mean, compared to the thunderstorms here, I definitely miss the UK rain. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so India is going through a weird period right now where our cases are still going up and, you know, the first mm-hmm. wave hasn't fully hit us and we also get these mad thunderstorms mm-hmm. and floods and everyone is just being so nonchalant, being like, oh, this is the new normal. And yeah. I'm just like, no, um, that that phrase mm-hmm. doesn't make sense, new normal. Oh, I hate that phrase. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is a bit generalizing, isn't it? Because... Mm-hmm. I mean, the new normal is not the same for everyone. We're all in the same boat, but different aspects yeah. of our life have gone to shit. <laughs> and what was everyone's old normal anyway? I mean, has shit ever been normal? Yeah, definitely. So Asha and I just graduated this summer and we had like a lot of online class for the past two months of university and it was horrible. So I can't imagine what it's like for you being at uni but having to do all online classes. Yeah, but I do have a few in person as well, which is like, I'm very grateful for that. Oh, nice. Um, but it's going quite well. Like it's only been two weeks. So I feel like I'm just sort of easing back into it, but it's been nice to have something to focus on. Ah, Well, speaking of university, I mean, we've stalked you and listened to your vlogs and other podcasts you've done. And in those, you mentioned how your university has many international students. And, you know, Zara and I were those Mm -hmm. international kids when we went to study. And it was a bit daunting at first, you know, being a minority Mm -hmm. in a country or a place of education wasn't something that we were used to. Mm-hmm. And it was a culture shock on some level. But how has that experience been for you? Yeah, I think it's been interesting. Like there's kind of this mix where there's a lot of international students, which is like amazing and really cool. But there's also a lot of um, like people from the UK. And I don't think it's as diverse as it should be, um, just as like a general. So, yeah, but I've really liked meeting people from other countries like that's been so interesting 
and obviously when you grow up I feel like everyone that you hang out with kind of like grew up where you are um so it's like really interesting to meet people from other places but definitely work to be done in that area (laughs) yeah there's always work to be done Mm -hmm. um well for me the first question that I was asked and it was Mm -hmm. a bit jarring was oh, where are you from? You know, I Mm -hmm. get it. I look different. My accent is different. But everyone just becomes super inquisitive. And a lot of the times, the first interaction I had with someone just became about explaining where I'm from and what I'm doing here and just giving the whole backstory, which is a bit like, "Mm," you know. But Mm -hmm. have people ever asked you this question? Um, yeah, definitely, like, in my life, I wouldn't say as much at uni, but, um, yeah, like, I've had people, like, come up to me on the street and ask, like, where I'm from and stuff like that, which just, I just feel like, why does it matter? Like, I don't even know you. Um, I think it's nice to, like, talk about people's backgrounds and everything, like, when you're in, like, a comfortable conversation, you're friends with them, but the whole, like, Mm -hmm. it's literally like, hi, nice to meet you, where are you from? Like, straight away and I just feel like it's not really it's a bit uncalled for um yeah yeah personally speaking when I first moved to America Mm -hmm. I would get a few questions like oh where are you from your accent is so unique are you British are you Australian oh really and I didn't let it bother me but then it started to dawn on me that oh they're only asking me this kind of stuff because they think I'm different and it Mm -hmm. made me feel excluded like I didn't fit in and that was pretty upsetting And then I came to England and I was like, oh, well, fit in here. And everyone was just kind of like, oh, your accent is so American. And I was like, ah, well, I guess I can't win. (laughs) Um, But then I saw one of your videos and people asked you the same thing, which was kind of bizarre. Um, But they also took it like one step further and they'd be like, oh, where are you from? And that was so strange to me that people would like actually come to you and say that because it's something so personal in many ways. So how did you deal with that growing up? I can't even imagine. Yeah, I feel like people always like to make their own assumptions rather than, I don't know, like I get that people saying that I look like Spanish or Portuguese or something like that. Um, Like even they'll ask, where are you from? And then if I tell them, oh, you look, like their reply will be like, oh, you look Spanish. And it's like, well, what do you want me to say to that? Like, I'm not, (laughs) there's nothing I can say. Um, Yeah, it's just random how people think that like, that's like acceptable to like just put that on you out of nowhere kind of thing Mm -hmm. definitely and you know a lot of the times the tone with which people make these assumptions saying oh you look like this race is just a bit condescending Mm -hmm. because it's like oh you look more quote-unquote exotic or prettier than people of this other race that you supposedly belong to and somehow it's meant to be a compliment yeah which is beyond me but um it just doesn't feel good mm-hmm. or correct when people say this you know what I mean yeah um, one of my yeah definitely one of my best friends at home um she's Indian and she's had people say to her like oh I don't normally like Indian girls but I think you're really pretty and it's kind of like that backhanded compliment of like like they think that you're gonna be like oh thanks so much but really like that's just really rude that's so upsetting Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean where to begin um I just feel like it's so confining and insensitive when people think it's okay to exoticize someone that looks a bit different Mm -hmm. 
than what they think someone from a particular racial background should look like in their mind and yeah you know just making assumptions and Mm -hmm. labeling you the second they look at you even unconsciously is not okay but somehow people rationalize to like make it sound okay in their mind which is just bizarre to Mm -hmm. me because there's a lot more to a person than the label and description you're trying to fit them in. Definitely. I just want to say we're already like five minutes into this episode and it's already getting a bit heavy, but <laughs> I'm glad that we're actually speaking about this because it's not something that I've heard a lot of people talk about. And it can often be very informative to hear other people's experiences and kind of grow as a person. Mm-hmm. Personally, I never had to think about race growing up in India. It's not a very huge factor here, considering everyone is just different shades of brown. Colorism, on the other hand, yes, it's a problem here. But I would say something that really divides people is religion. But you can't look at a person and be like, oh, I can tell what their religion is. Whereas you can look at a person and figure out their race, or at least attempt to based on their features. And that becomes a bit complicated when someone like you is mixed-raced and... It leads to a lot of weird comments, often uncalled for, but it's kind of fascinating for me to think about what it's like growing up in a country where race is such a prominent factor about the assumptions that people make about you and about your identity. Um, Mm -hmm. I got to understand that at the age of 18 when my mind was already like very shaped and I got to like grow and learn from amazing professors in America who spoke about race and spoke about racial sensitivity, but I cannot imagine what it's like actually growing up in a country where it's such a prominent factor. And I don't even know what to say, but what was it like really growing up in a society mixed raced when race was actually a pretty big factor behind how Mm. people would perceive you? Yeah, like, I think for a long time, I was sort of in a mindset of like, I don't see race, which isn't like a positive thing. But when I feel like when you're younger especially it's just not something you really take into consideration that much um and like Mm. I'm lucky that I grew up in London and most like I've been to multicultural schools and I was never like the only like there were plenty of like Indian kids and like all races in my classes and stuff which is definitely nice but as I've gotten older I've definitely sort of like noticed I don't know it's hard to tell but like you think back through like a situation you were in and you think oh maybe that was something to do with race rather than just like um I don't know someone not really liking you for a like just a general reason oh shit (laughs) I can imagine that that made you think a lot about like your past experiences but did they have like race sensitivity classes in your school um I don't think so (laughs) Um, I can't remember anything like that. I'm assuming, like, it's the sort of thing that was probably covered, like, briefly in an assembly or something, but not, um, I think that that should be, like, talked about more and, like, incorporated into, like, the curriculum as, like, a mandatory thing, so. Yeah, I could not agree more because it is a large part of our history and what we are made to be aware of because in a lot of ways it does form our identity and Mm -hmm. I was honestly so shocked when I first got there as to how unaware my classmates or people around me were about the large impact that British colonialism has had on the rest of the world and 
how it shapes so many dynamics and power structures that are in place today and Definitely. through conversations i just came to realize that maybe they're unaware of this because they haven't been taught it in school yeah. or haven't had these conversations with a lot of people and i yeah. studied art so literally my first 3 years i spent making art about this because oh, that's so cool. it was a way for me to grapple with this reality mm-hmm. and also start a conversation mm-hmm. as to why i'm speaking in english why mm-hmm. i come from is so westernized why there are so many indians and people of other nationalities living in the uk um, yeah and honestly i feel like i just didn't want to see my reality whitewashed when i still feel its impacts and it is super important mm-hmm. it's just sad how a lot of generations haven't been taught this or don't know much about it yeah like i think in our history lessons everything was very like one point of view i guess sort of like one mindset um i have recently seen quite a lot of like petitions going around um to incorporate more of like the real side of colonialism and stuff into um mm. like the curriculum but yeah like it, and it wasn't even something that i really noticed like you just think oh this is what we're learning about today or whatever like don't pay too much attention but um yeah definitely can like have a big impact yeah You know, I didn't even realize how differently history was taught until a friend of mine who was in my school ended up going to school in the UK and she told mm-hmm. me about how different it was. Um another friend of mine went to boarding school in the UK and she had some really troubling experiences because mm-hmm. her school was very toxic and like you she was mixed race so she was half Indian half Belgian. Mm-hmm. And she had some really troubling stories to share to me about boarding school. It was a very toxic environment and she got a lot of hate for being half indian and being a foreigner and it was just a really bad situation but i hope you never had to deal with something like that um no i don't think i've ever been specifically like bullied to my face but then there are like i said those situations where you kind of think back and you're like mm, i don't know if that was kind of like a more sort of like microaggressions backhanded compliments that sort of thing um but yeah i definitely haven't been like I don't know, experience like racial abuse. Hmm, microaggressions. Um, I feel like they seem so small, but compounded over time, they have such harmful impacts. Yeah. I completely get not knowing it in the moment and maybe realizing it after. I mm. mean, for a long time, my default response was choosing to let it go because Mm-hmm. I just thought it might be emotionally draining for me to confront um mm-hmm. but now I feel like that silence just places such an emotional tax and stuff mm-hmm. just builds up over time so now I feel the need to respond with a oh I don't get it can you explain what you meant by that yeah um but when thinking about my experience with microaggressions in the UK what really really shocked me was um microaggressions that i faced from the indians living in the uk um maybe i guess it was cuz i was a different kind of indian or gujarati or patel from what they expected me to be but it really just baffled me because yeah i mm. may not have a hold of the language as well as you do because 
I come from a multicultural city like Bombay. Um, I may not follow the same traditions that you still do, but there's still a lot to learn from each other instead of othering each other, especially yeah. when you know how it feels to be othered. Um, I guess I'm wondering if you ever felt like that by a community that you feel like you belong to? Um, I don't know. It's a sort of thing like, I think it's more in my head, but sometimes I would feel like I'm too white for my Indian family and then too, I would like not white enough for like people at school and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's kind of like a, like a balance between the both of them. But I think that's something that is always going to be in my head, regardless of like the way people treat me. I guess maybe that's something one learns how to better deal with over time. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a difficult one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the more comfortable you are with yourself, like the less that will affect you. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. I would mm -hmm. come to London often when I was younger to meet my friends in boarding school and it barely came across my mind. Like it wasn't something I thought about. It wasn't until I was living abroad and going to uni for four years and I was in an environment mm -hmm. without the security of other Indians around me where I realized that it was necessary for me mm -hmm. to educate myself. So yeah, dealing with Indian people with regards to race can sometimes be difficult because oftentimes they're not informed and educated on the matter and not even conscious when they're othering people and being insensitive. Saying all this, though, I recognize the issue, but I don't know how to resolve it. Yeah, complicated. Um, so for our listeners today, do you have any advice on the small things they can do to be more sensitive and inclusive? Um, I think like what's happened a few times is people like ask where I'm from and I'll just be like, oh, I'm from London. Like when I'm at uni, that's like it's hard mm. to tell what people mean. Like, do you mean like where I grew up? So I'll just say, oh, I'm from London. They're like but where are you like really from <laughs> and I'm like if I've given you that answer then just take it as it is and like move on um like you don't know like I'm fine with talking about it but you don't know how comfortable other people are with um that sort of thing mm. like if you ask someone a question they answer it that's like the end so then to sort of like question more is I don't know it's like how you don't know how they're gonna take that so I feel like no one ever yeah yeah, yeah, that can be a really upsetting question to ask people. Ashna, were you ever asked that? Yeah, I mean, I love how we're coming back to this where you from question. <laughs> because it is a very loaded one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And it also ties into the whole, oh, but you look like this and look like you're from here. And while I'm getting into it, like, yeah, when I say Indian and someone says, oh, but you don't look exactly Indian I'm like yeah because Indian looks like just one thing I mean come <laughs> on like we have so many beautiful skin colors and hair textures and just come on man and yeah. also you know that game that people play and mm -hmm. are like oh um let me guess where you're from don't yeah. tell me um and I'm like Ugh, I just someone needs to like get me some shots because how is this <laughs> A game. I don't know. I mean, fair enough. That question may seem harmless, but it's actually very loaded and heavy. It used to upset me. And at one point I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm from Tokyo. When people asked and I'd be really sarcastic or dismissive. Because I knew that the follow-up would be like, oh really? But you don't look that when I would say that I'm from India. 
it made me feel different. But I think what helped me grow was realizing that it's not my fault. I mean, it wasn't really any inadequacy on my part. It was their ignorance. And the perfect example of that is when a co-worker of mine asked me where I was from and I told her I was from India. She said, oh, that's so cool. I've always wanted to see Dubai. And that just (laughs) perfectly highlighted her ignorance and how terrible American geography is. Um, So now I just can't take those kind of questions seriously anymore. Yeah, definitely. But a friend of mine who is Indian but was born and raised in the US has a prepared speech for when people ask her this question because she is just absolutely sick of hearing it um are there any questions that you are just completely tired of getting um yeah I guess like oh how come you're like kind of tanned like (laughs) I just I don't know that sort of thing or um yeah like the whole where are you from thing just goes I feel like that's like a never-ending question Mm. oh no no I don't have like a prepared answer but I think my favorite thing is probably to say London because then you haven't really given them what they're looking for (laughs) um which is kind of satisfying (laughs) um I mean I lived abroad for like four years but I still don't know Mm -hmm. why people feel it's okay to ask these kind of intrusive questions but what do you think about that like why do people uh-huh. even ask this in the first place? I don't know. I think people just, I guess, especially like a lot of people at my university that have grown up in other places in England or like the UK, which aren't London, it is very white. And if you're just used to going to school every day and seeing people that all look the same, um, if you see someone that looks mm-hmm. different, like it might pop into your mind, like, oh, I wonder where they're from or like why they look different. But I think the issue is where like you shouldn't be saying everything that just pops into your mind um and if someone mm. wants to tell you like that sort of thing and it goes for everything not just this but like anything like a bit more personal like they'll share that when they feel comfortable to talk to you about it um so yeah yeah true also I'm going on a complete tangent here but speaking about getting personal you know those university forms that ask you about your ethnicity and where you're from yeah and they're just like <laughs> not as many options uh-huh. and you'll have your typical few ones and then the last box will say others yeah and I get so annoyed because I'm like you're literally othering people <laughs> with this little box and yeah oh, I don't know do you feel some type of way about it because I definitely do yeah I feel like it depends like I feel like I'm a different thing on every form sometimes they have like mixed Indian and British and then sometimes it's just all mixed is together sometimes like I don't know Mm. um because I would still like I am like fully British but then that's not like my ethnicity so it's all very like confusing if you get what I mean yeah definitely I completely agree with that. I mean, for a start, they're very reductive. Um, When you look at those forms, Mm -hmm. there's usually Asian as one box to check. And Asia is such a big continent. And there's so many different ethnicities filled in different countries. Yeah. It's just really reductive to like just lump everyone from Asia together. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're right, that's super confusing. I mean, the first time I had to fill out those forms, I was 18 and in America and I just didn't know what to put down. And I saw American Indian and I was like, wait, technically I have an American passport and I'm Indian, 
So does that mean... Uh, I don't oh. know. <laughs> it was just a really weird thing to think about. And then eventually I was like, wait, no, that's a, another term for Native Americans, oh, which really? is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just not a great system. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, definitely. Um, I don't know. I haven't really... like. I don't feel like that. I've come across like too many forms like that. Um, okay, well, maybe that's just like an America yeah. thing then. It's just the land of the messy forms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, now I'm just thinking about my entire process of settling in when I first started living in the UK from, you know, the where are you questions to the forms yeah. and making new friends. Um, uh-huh. I guess initially for me, it was all about fitting in, mm-hmm. especially in the first few weeks, you know, you're adapting to the ways of a new culture. Um, not to say that you should change the way you are in order to adapt. Yeah. Uh-huh. I feel like sometimes one just makes the best effort to assimilate on some level and just like make it a smoother experience. Um, mm. But in retrospect, I definitely do think that was a bit silly of me. And the friends I've made there will agree because... I guess many of the traits and cultural differences that I have, uh, the things that make me me and the things that they love most today. But I guess, I don't know, it's human nature to want to fit in, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even if you know you're not going about it the right way, um, I guess we're not perfect, but um, have you ever done something like Mm -hmm. that? Um, Yeah, I feel like, I would like hide certain things about like my culture like I would call I call my dad's mum bar I don't know like what you guys call like yours and stuff yeah the same um but like if I was talking about her like to like friends at school and stuff I would just call her like my grandma and stuff like that Mm. um and just things like that where I would I don't know kind of like it's not like hiding something because I felt like if I said bar then people would be like oh what's that and then I have to like explain and it's like oh I can't really be bothered with all of that but in reality like if I said it once and explained it people would know what I meant so um yeah but it's interesting because I had other Indian friends as well that would do the same thing and then um like maybe like four or five years ago we were like we all call our grandma's bar why are we not just saying that when we're talking about them so oh you were just code switching I got that I've honestly done that um, mm-hmm. I would call my daddy or Bapiji or nani granny in front of some of my friends mm-hmm. just to make them feel more comfortable even though saying granny felt so wrong <laughs> and so weird. <laughs> I just didn't like it but it mm-hmm. was strange because I was just doing that to make them feel more comfortable which is very ridiculous but code switching is something we've all done. What about you Ash? Have you ever had to do that? As much as I don't like to admit it, I have. You know, I've described family as my uncle and aunt and grandpa when I Mm -hmm. don't really say those things. But what really annoys me sometimes is that I also found myself doing it with food. Mm -hmm. When I was eating something Indian and somebody asked me what it was, um, I just find myself trying to simplify it for them and explain it in a way which they would understand instead of like just naming the dish Uh and here I am driving myself insane trying to pronounce the names of really really hard French food (laughs) Um, but yeah I'd say something along the lines of oh I'm having a potato something curry 
Instead of saying yeah. I'm having uh-huh. a potato sabzi or shark, mm-hmm. um, shout out to the good Jews out there. <laughs> and honestly, now I just cringe. Like, why would I ever do mm-hmm. that? What What was wrong with me? Do you guys also get triggered when people say chai tea or naan bread? Yeah, because it's like tea tea and bread bread. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that's just something super (laughs) triggering. And there's so many different types of chais and it's just categorized as like something on a Starbucks menu. (laughs) It really upsets me. Uh, Also, once Mm -hmm. I heard that at Trader Joe's, they sell Bollywood flavored popcorn. And all that is just so so upsetting to hear. It's like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It just really upsets me. But that's something that I've definitely noticed that triggers me. So what do you do when things trigger you? Or like, how do you communicate to people when something is problematic and not right? Um, I think, yeah, maybe just like not shying away from using like certain words or like describing things. Like it's fine to take like a minute to explain something rather than just sort of like dumbing it down to the point where you're, like you're not even really talking about what you're meant to be like talking about anymore if that makes sense so yeah I think like even just taking a minute to explain something um especially if it's something like new and interesting like people will remember so um yeah yeah true but not gonna lie sometimes I find myself getting super snappy and think like ah you know you should know this Mm -hmm. why are you so ignorant but I feel like maybe that's just not helping anyone because no one knows everything and maybe they just genuinely want to know. So like you said, I guess having a conversation and taking time to Mm -hmm. explain things to someone is a better solution. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I still feel like there are people who just want to get a reaction out of you because they should know or probably already do. And I don't know, have you ever met people like that? And if so, how do you distinguish between them? Yeah, I feel like it's hard to distinguish between someone being curious and sort of like trying to like prod, I don't know, like what's the phrase, like prod the bear, like kind of like... um, Poke the bear? Yeah, poke the bear, Mm. kind of like um, annoy you in a way. Um, But yeah, I'd say like I always try and side with like innocent till proven guilty kind of thing like just assume everyone means well Mm. um until you kind of like it's obvious that they don't I like that that was really well said you know you're really wise um like definitely wiser than I was at your age I was a very attitude filled person and I would get really upset I think the way Mm -hmm. that I would rationalize it was that I would say that you know it's not my fault someone is ignorant, but I have to deal with the repercussions of their ignorance and be asked these really intrusive questions. So like, I remember one time a girl came up to me and I hadn't done my hair the way I usually did. And she was like, oh wait, your hair's so frizzy and curly. I don't understand what Mm -hmm. happened. And I just snapped and I was like, well, I'm Indian. I have frizzy hair. I don't have naturally straight hair. And I gave her a lot of attitude, but I think I did myself a disservice for being so rude because I didn't take it as an opportunity to teach her what was correct. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Also, Mm -hmm. you know, when sometimes people use humor to mask their racism Mm -hmm. or just say things super nonchalant, like so many of these shows and movies that we've watched growing up 
um we've all been there but you know it can be mm-hmm. something that's super obvious to you or something mm-hmm. that's you know the smallest thing that could come off as nothing in the moment but then when you really mm-hmm. have a chance to think about it it just doesn't feel right um and yeah that can be yeah. a really long lasting mm-hmm. shitty feeling of this casual racism but um have you ever been through one of those moments um i have like one thing that springs to mind but it's not like i don't specifically remember it because i was really young but um my mum was like walking with me in the park and this guy was like kind of making a joke to her like oh you need to put more sun cream on your child like come on she looks like and then i don't want to say the word but like like a racist term like a like saying that I looked like that because I was like too tanned um and my mum used to get this sort of thing quite a lot like that's happened to her at the doctors as well because obviously when they see her and us like if my dad's not there it's kind of assumed that like she's going out with like like she's like married or like with someone who's also white um and she would have to just be like no like they're mixed race like I've put sun cream on like I'm not a shit (laughs) mum um yeah but it's just that sort of thing where people like that kind of feels like oh just haha put some sun cream on what are you like but um like I like I feel bad for her because like she would have had to deal with that on her own and stuff so yeah (sighs) that's horrible oh my goodness I'm so sorry that that happened to you no one should ever have to go through those kind of painful moments uh I feel like a lot of times moments like those can shape our adolescent lives and they stick with us into adulthood because when we're younger you know our brains are still developing and those are just really impactful and shaping moments were there ever any other moments in your life that you think stuck with you oh um (laughs) I'm not sure like I think in primary school like some of the people in my class would like kind of mock Indian people and stuff like that and I would almost kind of like just go along with it like haha that's funny um because it was so much easier than Mm. like obviously I was like 10 years old I didn't want to say anything and I feel like also because you can't necessarily tell where I'm from sometimes it's like people don't even realize that like they're mocking like my culture um so I feel kind of like weird to then bring it up um but yeah I feel like so many things like that just little things from when I was younger that I think about now and I'm like oh you should have said something (laughs) yeah uh, I've heard that a lot of people that are mixed race often have to deal with things like this which is really unfair um I remember I first learned about what it's like to be mixed race from my friend in Mm -hmm. college and initially I would just be like wait what are you talking about you get the best of both worlds two cultures (laughs) And then she would kind of explain to me that there were actually some downsides that sometimes she didn't feel like she had a claim Mm. on either culture. And the more I educated myself, the more I started to realize that. Yeah, like some days I think it's like so fun that I can sort of like see both. And then sometimes it's like I don't get to be either of them, which is sort of like you're just in this middle. Mm. And even like where I grew up, like there was like plenty of like multicultural people around me and I still don't really know anyone that's like the same like mixed race as me um so like you Mm -hmm. kind of feel like it's like just you on your own um which is a bit weird but yeah (laughs) Hmm. 
Yeah, and I feel like in one way or another, at some point in our life, we've all felt like it's just us and no one else. Mm -hmm. And if we can identify that feeling and don't like it, Mm -hmm. why would we want someone else to feel like that um it's a bit optimistic Mm -hmm. but can we just not be cognizant of other people's feelings um (laughs) humans are shitty sometimes but i feel like whenever i keep thinking about this my mood just gets ruined Mm -hmm. which is why i guess i'm trying to be more positive and optimistic but i feel like you're a very positive person and that's the way to be you know because we all want to be happy and enjoy life so Mm -hmm. i think the listeners and the two of us would really love to hear any advice you have for anyone who may identify with all these feelings that we've spoken about today um i would say like try and find people that are kind of like you in a way like I have lots of Indian friends and at university and stuff you can join societies which is like a good way of meeting people and I think just finding other people that have been through the same thing or like had the same experiences Uh, my best friend from home like I said is Indian and she's like a lot fairer than like people like like sometimes assume that she's mixed race or something as well Um, so I feel like because we've kind of like had the same sort of um situation it's nice just to have a chat about it and like when you feel like it's not just you it's so much more Mm. I don't know like less intimidating though I have to say one of the best things that you have done is create a YouTube channel and actually have open conversations about being mixed race you have impacted Mm -hmm. so many more people than you realize I Mm -hmm. showed my mixed race friend your Instagram page and she was immediately like, oh my God, she's like me. (laughs) And she was really happy. (laughs) Yeah, so I just wanted to let you know what a positive influence you have had on people and change them or even reassure them that they're not alone. Uh, I think that often as content creators, we do not realize the impact of our words. And it's difficult to imagine that stuff you film and record actually reaches so many people that you can't see. Yeah. So I just wanted to remind you that you're a really positive influence. Oh, that's so nice. I would never have thought of that. (laughs) No, seriously. You've made some incredible videos and you're not a small creator. You've definitely not peaked. Don't get me wrong. But you're on the rise. No. Uh, sometimes it can just be hard to realize the positive impact that you've made because, well, YouTube comment sections can sometimes be Mm -hmm. crazy. I mean, people can just say whatever they want and it's not always positive. I mean, your comment section Mm -hmm. is really clean and people are so sweet to you, but uh, how do you deal with the negative comments when they actually do come up? Yeah, like, most of the comments that I get are really nice. Um... The video that I did growing up mixed race that started like the first like few weeks or the first little bit when you upload a video tends to be like nice comments. But if it ever like gains any traction and like goes into other people's recommended, that's when like the mean comments start coming in. So for that video, I I limited the comments after like a few weeks because it was starting to get a bit mean. And I was like, all right, I'm just not going to listen to that. And then um, so that was like a couple months ago. And then I th- feel like maybe like two three weeks ago um I was just on like the creator studio thing like on YouTube and um I was like oh because I've like held the comments for review but I can still see them but they don't post I was like oh maybe I should go have a little look through see what (laughs) and some of them are like awful like I'm surprised people were even like brave enough to put that on the internet um some of those comments on that video (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, the anonymity gives people so much courage. It's sometimes wild. But um, would it be, like, safe to assume that it was, like, hate comments from, like, both sides, white, Indian, whatever? Because I know sometimes Indian people can be kind of harsh. Yeah, so sometimes I would... Like, I remember once I posted something on my Instagram and it was, like, I was with, like, all my Indian family and I had, like, a plate of food and I, like, posted this plate of food Mm -hmm. and like somebody replied like you're eating that wrong I was like this isn't a video of me eating you can eat however you want and if I was fully Indian you definitely wouldn't have said that Mm. um so it's just kind of like assuming that I'm like completely clueless have no idea about like Indian culture and stuff um yeah and like maybe like saying that I'm like kind of whitewashed and that sort of thing when like you can't really help like the way you've been brought up and like the way place you live so yeah oh my god yeah. i mean on behalf of this country i'm so sorry that's just such an outrageous thing to say to anyone <laughs> no i feel like mainly the co- the bad comments are from like non-indian people so it's only like a very f- few i'd say <laughs> but i feel like it's just because it sticks with you like that didn't upset me but i was just like what like the fact that i remember it means that it must have made like some impact oh i don't know comment sections are just so vile sometimes and i just rationalize it by thinking that you know this is a hurt person Mm -hmm. and they're spewing out their hate onto this comment section because that's their form of therapy (laughs) i guess yeah and i also know that you really blew up during lockdown and i can understand why because you are just so wholesome and sweet and in these depressing times people need that kind of an escape you know so yeah you got like a lot of subscribers Mm -hmm. in a very short period of time so with that it definitely Mm -hmm. comes with some haters but you know what it means you've made it (laughs) but was that really jarring to just get so much so quickly or was it like very easy to get used to and be like ah yeah this is life um I feel like yeah kind of weird um I just never understand why there's so many people but I think when people subscribe like kind of quickly like or their new subscribers and stuff there is sometimes more like hate rather than people that have like watched the videos for a long time and like know who I actually am I feel like would never say anything mean um but especially Mm. if like like when you gain more subscribers it's probably because your videos have been like pushed onto new people's recommended Um, and I feel like that's when there's more hateful comments because those people don't know anything about you and like they're not really invested in you yeah and do you know what I feel like we're living in a time where for the first time we can talk about race much more than our parents and the generations Mm -hmm, before and it all happens through open conversations so like Zara said you know it's great to see you put yourself out there and have these conversations and there's just so much to learn from people who are being themselves and that's so much more Mm -hmm. important and so much bigger than the hate Mm -hmm. because I think the people that spread hate have the most growing to do and I hope they can do it because I feel like we're all going through this stage in our life where I think it's not only a lot of learning but also a lot of unlearning that we've had to do Mm -hmm. to grow as people and you know we all want to be informed and aware of what we say and put out there and Mm -hmm. personally speaking I think that's especially true for Zara and I when we're speaking on the podcast you know we love to do our research and be well informed because words Mm -hmm. mean a lot so yeah is that 
part of your process as well does that impact the way you frame or tailor your content maybe yeah definitely like when I made the growing up mixed race video like I made notes for that first and then like when I edited it Mm -hmm. I was like watched it back through a lot just to make sure because um that's the sort of thing where you really really don't want to say something that you don't mean or like have something Mm -hmm. taken out of context um yeah yeah I feel like there were a lot of comments saying that like I was throwing myself a pity party and like that sort of thing and I don't know like now I'm like I should have like said but like I feel like it's obvious that I know that other people go through like much harder feats and like I'm lucky that that's kind of it but um yeah just like little things like that yeah that's a really well thought out and informed process and I also believe that just because you feel like others may be going through something worse it doesn't make how you feel any less important yeah definitely so yeah well this was definitely an informative conversation for me there was so much that I learned about about the mixed race experience from you Nana. so thank you so much for just coming on our podcast and being an absolutely delightful guest <laughs> Hopefully our listeners also found this to be a very enjoyable, insightful and informative conversation. Thank you so much, Nina. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had such a good time. And so interesting to hear what you guys say as well. Oh, well, thank you for answering all our billion very intrusive questions. And (laughs) thank you for coming on our podcast. It has been an absolute Mm -hmm. pleasure. We love chatting with you. Well, guys, go check out Nina. She's on YouTube, Instagram, uh, but not Twitter, right? No, I don't have Twitter. <laughs> okay, yeah, so don't check her out on Twitter. But yeah, you have just been an absolute pleasure to speak with. Guys, seriously, go check her out. She's a gem of a person and she's so wonderful. She's like Aww, a beacon of positivity. Thanks. <laughs> and we were honored to have her be a part of our podcast. Until next time. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Thank you.